Is there something wrong? Warning. Live support failure on all decks. Abandon ship. Maybe it is time to take command. Bridge to Captain. Join Jan Shaw updating current events as only Jan can. Library computer. Data being received. To go where too few have gone before. A production of Cosmic Reality Radio. Hello and welcome to this week's Cosmic Creating Show. My name is Jan Shaw. I'm known as the Success Alchemist. You can find me at the successalchemist.net, the webalchemist.net, on Facebook and YouTube, Jan Shaw, the Success Alchemist. Oh, I didn't mention empoweredmanifestation.com. Mustn't forget that one. And on Twitter at Coach Jan Shaw. Today is the 24th of July, 2021. And the title of today's show is Biden and the 25th Amendment, Rhinos Exposed and Plandemic. So I'm going to be focusing again on the post-2020 election news and also on the COVID-19 and vaccine plandemic or even scamdemic. And um, I just want to start with a 30,000 foot view of what we're experiencing at the moment. And this was, I think it was posted on Telegram. I didn't actually write the source down, unfortunately. But it's kind of a um, summary of what we're experiencing at the moment. And so this was put out July 23rd. As I say, unfortunately, I can't remember where I got it from and I didn't actually make a note of it. It's called the 30,000 foot view we are at present watching a war play out on the global stage. It is not a kinetic war, but a battle waged for now through the use and misuse of information. The goal of globalists is to bring as many people as possible under their control. The goal of freedom fighters around the world is to throw off the chains of oppression put on them by globalist leaders. COVID has been used as a smokescreen to conceal the true agenda behind a number of globalist tactics. For example, Klaus Schwab explained that COVID provided an opportunity to expose the fatal flaws of capitalism. All that needed to be done was collapse the world's capitalist economies and replace them with socialist ones. Trump foiled this plan by making a COVID vaccine available in record time making lockdowns and the economic destruction it causes unnecessary. Globalists use COVID as an excuse to increase mail-in voting in the US, which helped them steal the election and remove President Trump from power. Patriots are in the process of auditing the election, which may prove it was stolen and justify removing Biden from power. Globalists are in a rush to bring their plan back up to full speed. This is why France, Australia, the UK and other nations are enforcing COVID restrictions again. As the fall flu season approaches, I would expect the Biden administration to follow suit. Keeping in mind the fact that the end goal is the destruction of capitalism so it can be replaced with socialism, I would expect globalist leaders to adopt policies that cause higher food, energy and housing prices higher unemployment and any other economic difficulty that would allow them to point to capitalism and proclaim that it has failed. 
As this is happening, patriots in a number of states are conducting audits, every aspect of which will be opposed by secretaries of state, delayed by county boards of election and challenged in court by Perkins Coie attorneys. Globalists must destroy our economies before the audits are completed and before evidence is made public, proving that Biden is not a legitimate president. If the American public becomes convinced that Donald Trump was the rightful winner of the 2020 election, they will demand he be reinstated. If he is reinstated after proving his opponents to be crooks, he will have no mercy on them. If Trump is reinstated, it will be game over for the globalists and their agenda. He will bring a swift end to their plans and rebuild the US economy as he has done twice before. The removal of globalist leaders from power will lead to economies around the world returning to normal. There is no way to accurately predict a time frame for any of this. And that really is a, a good explanation for why I'm focusing on these two elements every week, really. You know, the election fraud and the scandemic, because the two are inextricably linked, because they are the means by which the globalists are trying to achieve this great reset. And I'll be covering something on that later in the show. Now, I was going to put in the title of the show, um, Drip, 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 because I do believe that we are seeing um, more and more step-by-step -step exposure of the situation with Biden, um, who isn't obviously Biden, and also more and more exposure of the rhinos, the corrupt um, so-called Republicans who are basically turning on Trump more and more and also uh, opposing, A, the concept or the, the theory, which is actually fact, I think, has been proven by now that the election was stolen, and also blocking these audits. Um, now, as far as the 25th Amendment idea is concern as far as relating to Biden. Um, he had a disastrous town hall this week with hardly anybody turning up but also becoming even more incoherent and um, he even made some remark, uh, I don't know, I'm not sure if it was at the town hall or not, about Republicans think that we're drinking the blood of children which is potentially also part of this strategy to drip feed this concept of pedophiles and pedophiles and adrenochrome and everything else. Because we know that this is, or I've said many times, that we're watching a movie here. And that this is scripted to gradually reveal more and more to the people. Um, so this, I just want to go through the town hall um, meltdown, as it were. And this is welovetrump.com, Biden town hall meltdown, where you, uh, why can't the, the, the experts say you know in fact? And this is just illustrating the incoherence. Joe Biden just hit a new low during a CNN town hall. Multiple times during the segment, Biden's brain appeared to turn to mush. No, this is not his stutter. This is something much worse. 
It appeared as though Biden couldn't keep a single train of thought. At one point, Biden said, um, where is, why all the drugs are here, you, uh, why can't the, the, the experts say, you know, in fact, can someone please translate that for us? We have no idea what it means. See, and it, it shows the, um, it has the, um, the clips from the town hall in the article, a couple of them actually. And we all know that if this were President Trump, the media will be talking about cognitive decline. During Trump's entire presidency, the media obsessed over his every move. Remember when President Trump carefully walked down a steep ramp? The media said that was proof Trump was out of it. Remember when President Trump lifted water so he could drink at a rally? The media said that was proof Trump suffered a stroke or a seizure. Those were really far-fetched claims. Yet Biden struggles on national TV and the media doesn't care. Fox News reports that the town hall was, quote, uncomfortable to watch. CNN's heavily promoted town hall event with President Biden lit up social media for all the wrong reasons on Wednesday night, as everything from crowd size to moderator Don Lemon's performance was roasted. Bloomberg News reporter Jennifer Epstein kicked things off by pointing out the tiny crowd. CNN was very careful to not show that no one showed up for the Biden town hall and that most of the room was empty. Radio host Mark Simone noted. The Bongino report declared the event was a train wreck, while Media Research Centre President Brent Bozell called it garbage. National Review editor Jack Butler slammed the contrived CNN event that he feels is a far cry from the successful town hall events of the past. Saying the format should be abolished, he called it a hideous spectacle, unbecoming of a self-governing republic, that continues to get worse. With the help of the mawkish sheen inculcated by the format, Biden largely skated through a kind of Cliff's notes of current events by invoking either his preferred cliché or talking point of the moment or a variety of emotional or ironic rhetorical devices as he saw fit, Butler wrote. If CNN had any shame or respect for the citizens of a self-governing republic, the network would never air one of these idiotic events again, Butler added, but don't expect that to happen any time soon. Newsbusters managing editor Curtis Hook noted that eight Democrats were allowed to ask questions while only three Republicans were given the opportunity. Grabian media founder Tom Elliott sarcastically said Biden was crushing it when sharing a viral video of the president struggling to answer a question. Elliot's clip has piled up over 2.2 million views and generated a plethora of criticism. Some viewers were irked that Lemon didn't point out Biden's struggles, while others just felt the entire ordeal was painful to watch. Uh, apologies, I'm actually recording this during a downpour, so I hope it doesn't uh, affect the sound too much, because being in a travel trailer, it tends to get a bit loud when it's raining. Okay, continuing on, the scary part. If Biden's obvious mental decline continues, then Kamala Harris might end up in charge at the White House. Now, that is truly terrifying. And there's a tweet from Richard Grinnell. Don Lemon works for the ruling Democrat Party. He covers for Biden's implosion.
And Tom Elliott says, crushing it. And then a tweet from Dave Rubin. How is Don Lemon's follow-up question not? Joe, are you okay? And Senator Marsha Blackburn. Don Lemon is not a journalist. He is an activist. Tim Young. Don Lemon isn't a journalist. No CNN host is. Also, did you notice that the town hall appeared to be over half empty? Biden is supposedly the most popular president ever. He supposedly got the most votes ever. Then how come he can't even fill up a town hall at CNN? Compare that to President Trump. To this day, President Trump can still draw tens of thousands to his rallies. The New York Post confirms that Biden is not a sellout event. President Biden on Wednesday spoke to a half-empty auditorium while doing a live CNN town hall event in Ohio. The more than dozen empty rows weren't apparent to television viewers thanks to flattering shots that appeared to show a full, non-distance crowd packing the front rows in a striking visual display of normalcy after more than a year of COVID-19 restrictions. But members of the travelling White House press pool shared photos from the back of the room revealing that in fact the venue was far from packed at Mount St. Joseph University in Cincinnati. Bloomberg News reporter Jennifer Epstein, who travelled with Biden as a representative of Wire Services, tweeted an image of what the Biden CNN town hall looks like from the back of the auditorium. And just an insert from me, this is why I was using the term drip, 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 because the fact that they, they showed the half-empty room is just dripping out more and more information to question the claim that Biden won so many votes. And it's becoming very, very hard to deny, even for the never-Trumpers and the Trump derangement syndrome sufferers. Voice of America reporter Steve Herman, the radio pool reporter for the trip, tweeted a similar image showing that the back of the auditorium is empty. Herman also published a video showing other angles where spectators were missing from seats. The image of empty seats was discordant with Biden's attempt to project confidence in overcoming the coronavirus pandemic, including his assertion that this is not a pandemic. It's unclear if the room was half full due to concerns about the virus or to a lack of public interest. A White House official referred an inquiry to CNN. CNN spokeswoman Lauren Protapus, I think that's how you pronounce it, told The Post... This was a typical audience size for a CNN town hall. She did not elaborate on the reason for the small crowd size. Former President Donald Trump routinely mocked Biden during last year's presidential campaign for drawing small audiences even before the pandemic, compared to his own rallies that generally featured tens of thousands of fired-up fans. Again, if this were President Trump, the media would mock him for empty seats. Remember Trump's rally in Tulsa? It drew over 10,000 people but didn't fill up the stadium. The media mocked him for that. Yet Biden can hardly draw 100 people and not a peep from our activist media. Sad. And it shows the tweet from Jennifer Epstein what the Biden CNN town hall looks like from the back of the auditorium. And it's actually not half full. It's probably only a quarter full um, from this image. 
Steve Herman tweeted, we have a pandemic for those who haven't gotten the vaccination, says POTUS at start of televised town hall on CNN from here in Cincinnati. And goes on to say the audience for the CNN at POTUS town hall is all seated in forward rows. Back of the auditorium is empty. So it's really showing that, uh, you know, he hasn't got the support. Uh, nowhere near. And it's just become a joke. And I'm sure this is scripted. It has to be. The other thing to mention, and um, I haven't actually got the article in front of me, but the um, the doctor who served under Obama and um, Bush, I believe, he's actually calling for Biden to take a cognitive test because he's basically saying this man is unfit to be the the leader of the free world, in effect, the president of the United States. So there's more and more medical people calling um, and questioning his state of mind. But of course, we know that this man is not the real Biden, as we've known for, for a long time, which is, again, back up for believing that the patriots are in control, the white hats are in control. And um, this is just pure optics. So on to the exposure of the rhinos. Paul Boyer, who's a senator in Arizona, Republican Senate, senator, voted against enforcing the subpoenas on Maricopa County, the one that they've where they've refused to provide the routers, the passwords and, and some of the log files as well. And Trump actually put out an, ounce, an announcement about this. So this was put out on Thursday, the 22nd. Statement by Donald Trump, etc., etc. Republican Arizona State Senator Paul Boyer, or Boyer, a rhino if there ever was one, is doing everything in his power to hold up the damning forensic audit of Maricopa County, which has been taking place over the last 90 days. The people of Arizona are demanding it. Boyer has been nothing but trouble and nobody knows why. All we demand is voter integrity. He's being primaried by a strong and highly respected challenger, former Arizona State Representative Anthony Kern. And then earlier in the week, he actually put out another statement. And this is reported by Gateway Pundit. This was on the 20th. President Trump unleashes on Maricopa County's Board of Supervisors what are they hiding. President Trump released another statement yesterday ripping the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors for their refusal to comply with the 2020 election investigation. And note, Jet Gateway Pundit are report, re, referring to him as President Trump several times, actually, because goes, it goes on to say, President Trump said... Why won't the Rhino Maricopa County Board of Supervisors in Arizona give the routers? What are they trying to hide? They are fighting for life or death. What is going on? Give the routers. Doesn't this mean that the voting was, despite their statements to the contrary, connected to the Internet? The voter fraud in the 2020 presidential election was monumental and the facts are coming out daily. And then it goes on to say... Um, it, it shows a screenshot, sorry, of the um, actual statement, which I've just read to you. 
The county is fighting tooth and nail to prevent this investigation and using every excuse in the book to withhold the subpoenaed evidence. Based on their actions, it is extremely clear that the county is guilty and they are doing everything to hide it. They do not provide answers to auditors' questions, rather deflections and accusations. Based on the findings and issues reported, we already have evidence of a scandalous 2020 election. The actions of the Maricopa County's Board of Supervisors indicate they know something is wrong and they don't want anyone to find out what that is. And then another rhino, and I think we've all had our doubts about this person because he was included on Epstein's flight logs. So this is an article from MAGAConservatives.com. State Senator calls for Arizona electors to be recalled following preliminary audit, while Alan Dershowitz says Biden won clean. Arizona State Senator Wendy Rogers called for the Arizona electors to be recalled for Joe Biden and called for a new election after seeing some preliminary results from the Arizona audit. I have heard enough with the tens of thousands of ballots mailed without being requested. The over 10,000 people who voted after registering after November 3rd, the failure of Maricopa to turn over the 40% machines. The passwords that Dominion still refuses to turn over and tens of thousands of unauthorised queries demonstrating how insecure the election was. I call for the Biden electors to be recalled to Arizona and a new election must be conducted. Arizona's electors must not be awarded fraudulently and we need to get this right. Former Harvard Law School professor Alan Dershowitz broke with Trump last night and told Sean Hannity the election was not stolen from Trump. From Newsweek, Dershowitz told Hannity the presidential election may not have been perfect, but he argued that previous elections also had problems. Number one, there has never been a perfect election, Dershowitz said. JFK's election wasn't perfect, George Bush's election wasn't perfect, and the current election wasn't perfect. Number two, the evidence seems to strongly suggest that it wasn't stolen and that the outcome was right, he added. Although, how he can say that with a straight face, God knows. <clears throat> Continuing, in November 2020, Dershowitz told Fox News that Trump had constitutional paths to pursue challenges to the election results, but warned that the Trump team might not succeed. Ultimately, legal challenges aimed at reversing President Joe Biden's victory weren't successful, with many being dismissed by judges, probably corrupt judges. Dershowitz said on November 22nd that once the Electoral College had cast their votes, there was no likely path to reversing the results of the elections. The electors met on December 14th and the Electoral College votes were certified by Congress on January 6, 2021. Once the electors are certified and once they cast their vote, I can't see any legal route to undoing that, even if they were to find fraud later on, Dershowitz said at the time. There's certainly nothing in the Constitution about that. There's actually nothing in the Constitution that says it can't happen. And there's also no precedent for this because this has never happened before with a presidential election. So all this talk about, oh, well, you know, we can't do anything about it to me is total BS. Anyway, 
Here we got a tweet from Wendy Rogers. I have heard enough with the tens of thousands of ballots mailed without being requested. Um, and she goes on to basically say the same as the statement that I read at the start. And somebody called ACYN, A-C-Y-N, <coughs> Dershowitz, the evidence seems to strongly suggest that it wasn't stolen, that the outcome was right. Um, I have to say I personally completely disagree with that. And um, I've, as I said, I've always had my doubts about Dershowitz and he's really um, exposed himself for who he really is. However, having said that, a very disappointing uh, statement made by Arizona Senate President Karen Fan, um, and this is an Epoch Times article, and this is actually from the 18th. Uh, Arizona Senate President states 11 electors cannot be recalled after Maricopa audit. Arizona Senate President Karen Fan, a Republican who actually has been very supportive of this um, audit, but uh, and I can't remember the name of the the senator who I reported on last week, saying that he was the warrior. He was saying that Karen Fan was a diplomat. Well, we need a warrior in this case, so maybe this is opening the door for him to take over. Anyway, um, she said the state Senate doesn't have the ability to recall electors for the November 3rd, 2020 election after a fellow Republican lawmaker called for new elections, who, of course, was Wendy Rogers. And you can actually follow her on Telegram. She's got a really good channel there. Um, Fan told One American News Network, OANN, which has been covering the audit of Maricopa County, that the upper chamber has the ability to provide auditors with the materials they need, including through the use of subpoenas, but the certification of electors is a different matter. The Senate body, we do not have the authority to do that. So this is what we have said, and I want to make this very clear on the record, the Republican state leader said on July 16th. Fans' comments came as former President Donald Trump issued a statement declaring that the audit revealed there were irregularities and fraud that would have swayed the election in his favour last year. On July 15th, the Senate held a hearing in the midst of a months-long review carried out by Florida-based tech firm Cyber Ninjas and teams told lawmakers they discovered discrepancies. Doug Logan, CEO of Cyber Ninjas, told senators that auditors couldn't find any record of Maricopa County sending more than 74,000 mail-in ballots and also discovered that around 18,000 people voted but were taken off voter rolls soon after the election. He also noted that there were 11,326 people who were not on the voter rolls on November 7, 2020, but appeared on the rolls on December 4, 2020 and 3,981 people who voted after registering after October 15, 2020. After the hearing, some Republican senators called for Arizona's 11 electors who went for Biden to be recalled, and it repeats the statement by Wendy Rogers. But Fan in her OANN interview said that the Senate in this situation only has the ability to subpoena information because we make laws, noting that they're entitled to have the information to determine how to write those laws. 
That's why we are successful in court and that's what we're doing. It's all about election integrity. It's not about the Trump-Biden race. <clears throat> it's not about the Kelly-Martha-McSally race, fan remarks, referring to the 2020 presidential election that saw the inauguration of President Joe Biden as well as the U.S. Senate race that was won by Senator Mark Kelly, Democrat, Arizona. But the point is, she says that their job is to write laws. So what is to stop them writing a law that says if fraud is, is discovered in an election that they have the right to recall the votes? Am I making sense? Is it logical? It seems to be to me. So does that mean that Karen Fan is turning out to be another rhino? We'll have to wait and see. And actually it occurs to me that what I was saying a minute ago about it's within the power of the Senate to make laws. The only reason, probably, that there isn't a law in place to allow for this situation is because it's never happened before, as I said earlier. So, really needs these people to gird their loins, as it were, and take action and just make it happen, in my opinion. The Democrats also continue to obsess over January 6th with this commission, and Pelosi is be becoming more and more dictatorial as the days go by. She uh, has actually rejected McCarthy's um, submission of Jim Jordan and Bank is the other one, I can't remember his first name, to be on the commission, which is supposedly bipartisan. And she's rejected them on the grounds that they um, opposed the certification of the Electoral College votes. So we already know that the FBI were involved. We know that this so-called insurrection was infiltrated to discredit Trump and his supporters. And um, the fact that the National Guard were told to stand down, that Trump's request for extra troops there was rejected. It was definitely a setup. So this whole thing is a farce. And perhaps it will end up exposing this. But of course, if if all the people that are on this commission are rhinos and Democrats, then it's all going to be lies, lies and more lies, because of course Schiff is involved as well. And McCarthy has actually threatened to boycott the whole thing because of this latest action from Pelosi. We shall have to wait and see. So I'm going to move on now to the subject of the pandemic. <clears throat> and I'm also going to cover uh, something about the, re the Great Reset. Um, so I, was, I sat down and I did a bit of an analysis about this because... It's, it's like we're getting two different stories here. And I even mean within the um, citizen journalist community and the, the ethical medical professionals that are you know, doing their best to expose this. Because on the one hand, we've got experts saying that the virus has never been isolated so is it actually real um, the vaccine is not a vaccine and it can't be if the virus has not been isolated 
because a true vaccine would have an attenuated virus as part of the constituents. And what we're dealing with is an mRNA gene therapy supposed bioweapon, which um, many of the ethical doctors have been calling it. I think I'm going to be covering that a little bit later. Interestingly, also, this PCR test, there's been question marks over this all the way through, particularly in terms of the number of cycles and, and that it was producing a lot of false positives. You know, we had that test of a pawpaw and, and something else that turned out to be positive, which seemed to be <laughs> a big exposure. Um, the PCR test has now been refused approval as it is ineffective. And um, interestingly, that announcement has come just after SARS and Gates have bought a CV-19 test company. So let me first cover this PCR test uh, announcement. And this is from before its news, and it was actually released this morning. This is hot off the press. CDC eliminates the PCR test approved under emergency use only by its partner in crime, the FDA, and admits the PCR catches CV-19 and flu and cannot differentiate. Nuke Pro, exposing truth, anti-nuclear information and resources and disaster preparation planning. Nukeprofessional.blogspot.com Ah, so that is why flu mysteriously vanished. It appears that discuss with our government is a key goal and to what means to replace it with something else. And to my own detriment, being focused on all the VXX while spending less time on what matters even more. And there's a link to the CDC site. Uh, in preparation for this change, CDC recommends clinical laboratories and testing sites that have been using the CDC 2019 NCOV RT-PCR assay select and begin their transition to another FDA-authorized COVID-19 test. CDC encourages laboratories to consider adoption of a multiplex method that can facilitate detection and differentiation of SARS-CoV-2 and influenza viruses. Such assays can facilitate continued testing for both influenza and SARS-CoV-2 and can save both time and resources as we head into influenza season. Laboratories and testing sites should validate and verify their selected assay within their facility before beginning clinical testing. So another drip out of evidence that this is a scandemic because if they're saying that the PCR tests cannot differentiate between flu and COVID-19 and we know that the flu numbers plummeted to almost zero and that the overall number of deaths for the year last year were in line with all previous years in terms of, I think, something like a 3% increase, which year on year is is typical. So this is, again, calling out this whole COVID-19 thing as a scandemic. And as I said, it's ironic that that came out, and I think it only came out today, that um, Soros and Gates... 
have bought this company. And this is Epoch Times. Bill Gates and George Soros-backed organization buys out COVID-19 testing company. A consortium backed by George Soros and Bill Gates has joined a buyout of MoLogic, a COVID-19 testing company. Now, it could be, of course, just occurred to me that this is not, this perhaps could be an alternative to the PCR test. And maybe they got insider information that this announcement was going to be made by the CDC, because, of course, they are in each other's pockets, which, you know, really open the door to this as an investment to make millions if not billions off a new testing method but it still comes back to the question has the virus ever been isolated <clears throat> and if it had been isolated then surely there would be a test that could differentiate between flu and COVID-19 anyway let me continue this the Soros Economic Development Fund, an arm of Soros's Open Society Foundations, confirmed in a July 19 statement that it has partnered with the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. The Soros-Gates collaboration is part of the Global Access Health Initiative, which will invest at least $41.1 million in the project, according to the statement. The group has financed the acquisition of MoLogic Limited, a world-leading innovator in the development of lateral flow and rapid diagnostic technologies, including tests that can help combat tropical diseases such as dengue, bilazia and river blindness, as well as for COVID-19. The statement reads, noting that the purchase is an attempt to expand access to affordable state-of-the-art medical technology through decentralised research, development and manufacturing in developing countries. Okay, so going back to my argument with myself, and I don't have any real answers to this, only, you know, saying that it is contradictory. Um, if the COVID-19 vaccine has never been isolated, and it's questionable whether it even exists or if it's just a strain of flu, how can you have variants of a non-existent virus? But if COVID isn't real, what was the gain-of-function research based on? And this is where it becomes contradictory. Um, McCullough reports about the number of patents that exist for the virus. Um, the title is Patents Prove SARS-CoV-2 is a Manufactured Virus. And again, this was published this morning. And it's got a video included. Let me just read the um, summary of this because I do have quite a lot more to cover. Hundreds of patents show SARS-CoV-2 is a man-made virus that has been tinkered with for decades. Much of the research was funded by the National Institutes of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, NIAID, under the direction of Dr. Anthony Fauci and may have been an outgrowth of attempts to develop an HIV vaccine. In 1999, Fauci funded research at University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, to create an infectious replication defective coronavirus, specifically targeted for human lung lung epithelium. This appears to be the virus that became known as SARS-CoV. US patent 7279327 shows we knew the ACE receptor, the ACE2 binding domain, the S1 spike protein, 
and other elements of SARS-CoV-2 were engineered and could be synthetically modified using gene sequencing technologies. The CDC holds patents to a SARS coronavirus that is 89 to 99% identical to the sequence identified as SARS-CoV-2, as well as the PCR test to diagnose it. 120 patents detail supposed unique features of SARS-CoV-2, the polybasic cleavage site, the spike protein, and the ACE2 binding, proving it's not a novel virus at all. Now, you know, it's very true that people were getting very sick and even um, the owner's wife at the RV park here and and their son, they ended up in hospital. But again, could it be that it's just another strain of flu? And incidentally, she got sick not long after having the flu vaccine. And we heard months ago that potentially... um, this could be the cause of getting flu by having the vaccines. The same as we're getting so-called breakthrough COVID-19 cases um, for people who've had the COVID-19 vaccine. The next question is, why are they so desperate to get everyone vaccinated? Um, We're getting mask mandates reimposed on people, even those who are vaccinated And it seems to be another attempt because of the so-called Delta variant that they're going to reintroduce the lockdowns. We've already had LA County uh, reintroducing the mask mandates and this push for people to be vaccinated. I mean, it doesn't make any sense, um, not under normal circumstances. Here's an article from Gateway Pundit about Alabama. It's time to start blaming unvaccinated folks, not the regular folks. Alabama GOP governor dehumanizes unvaccinated people. And it's got a video in here of what she said. Alabama Governor Kay Ivey turned her ire toward unvaccinated people on Friday and blamed them for the rising COVID cases. KIV dehumanised unvaccinated people and put a target on their backs. Ivy referred to vaccinated people as regular folks, so unvaccinated people are now others. This rhetoric is dangerous and must be denounced. Folks are supposed to have common sense, but it's time to start blaming the unvaccinated folks, not the regular folks. It's the unvaccinated folks that are letting us down, Ivy told reporters in Birmingham. The new cases of COVID are because of unvaccinated folks. Almost 100% of the new hospitalizations are with unvaccinated folks and the deaths are certainly occurring with unvaccinated folks, she said. These folks are choosing a lifestyle of self-inflicted pain. And it includes a tweet from ABC News with the video. According to reports, about 40% of residents in Alabama are fully vaccinated, making it the least vaccinated state. So going back to this gain-of-function thing, um, Fauci testified to um, Congress in a congressional hearing. And um, this was back in May, but he was also questioned again, I think this week, Um, yes, on on the 20th. 
And this is Epoch Times reporting Senator Paul sending, and this is Rand Paul, sending criminal referral of Fauci to Department of Justice. Senator Rand Paul on Wednesday sent a criminal referral of Dr. Anthony Fauci to the Department of Justice in the aftermath of their contentious back and forth during a congressional hearing. The letter urges Attorney General Merrick Garland to probe Fauci over comments he made during a May congressional hearing. Fauci during the hearing claimed that the National Institutes of Health, NIH, has not ever and does not now fund gain-of-function research in the Wuhan Institute of Virology. However, according to typical gain-of-function definitions, including one authored by Fauci in 2012, a study published in 2017 by Wuhan researchers would be considered such research. I ask that you investigate whether Dr. Fauci's statements to Congress violate federal law, Paul wrote in the letter. The senator accused Fauci of lying during a Senate hearing earlier in the day, a charge Fauci has disputed. At issue is funding Fauci's agency gave to the Wuhan Institute of Virology through an intermediary. The top-level laboratory used the money to conduct gain-of-function experiments, Paul said, citing the U.S. government's definition of the term. Fauci claims that the experiments conducted don't fit the definition. Paul gave Fauci a chance to retract the comments from May, but Fauci declined. Fauci is the head of the NIAID, which is part of the NIH. His institute didn't respond to a request for comment by press time. People convicted of lying to Congress can go to prison for up to five years. Interesting that there have been a number of videos uh, commented on out in Twitterville or Twitterland um, pointing out that he seems to be panicking. Fauci seems to be panicking because his hands are shaking uh, during the time that he's being questioned. So I think he, panic is setting in there as well. Now, the next thing I want to cover, this is quite an old article from June 27th. But this is Dr. Peter McCullough, and it's on algora.com. Whistleblowers inside CDC claim injections have already killed 50,000 Americans. Good doctors are doing unthinkable things. They appear to be under a spell. The most... Most highly cited physician on the early treatment of COVID-19 has come out with an explosive new video that blows the lid off the medical establishment's complicity in the unnecessary deaths of tens of thousands of Americans. Dr. Peter McCullough said these deaths have been facilitated by a false narrative bent on pushing an all-new, unproven vaccine for a disease that was highly treatable. He said COVID was a bioweapon and the vaccines represent phase two of that bioweapon. As this, in a sense, bioterrorism phase one was rolled out, it was really all about keeping the population in fear and in isolation and preparing them to accept the vaccine, which appears to be phase two of a bioterrorism operation, McCullough said in a June 11th webinar with German attorney Rainer Fulmich and several other doctors. He noted... Both the respiratory virus and the vaccine delivered to the human body the spike protein, the gain-of-function target of this bioterrorism research. And then we have the Defender reporting, and this is at childrenshealthdefense.org. 
Immunologist demands Wall Street Journal editorial board retract dangerous lie about COVID immunity, and this was from the 20th. In a letter to the Wall Street Journal op-ed board, Dr. Human Nuachasm said the board's claim that people previously infected with COVID appear to be more susceptible to the Delta variant has no basis in either current scientific epidemiological data or the fundamentals of immunology. And then the article goes on to um, include what was written by Dr. Nurchasm. The Wall Street Journal editorial board has published an absolute falsehood regarding the susceptibility of COVID-recovered and immune Americans to subsequent infection. This letter demanding a correction or retraction was sent to the editorial board and a few prominent Wall Street Journal reporters. Today I was shocked to read what I know with 100% certainty as an immunologist and physician is a lie in the WSJ's editorial board op-ed on COVID-19. Specifically, your colleagues are stating the following falsehood. Previously infected individuals appear to be more susceptible to reinfection by the Delta variant, which could explain some of the rising cases. The Wall Street Journal editorial statement is a dangerous lie with no basis in either current scientific epidemiological data or the fundamentals of immunology. To the contrary, the bulk of studies on the topic of reinfection in the COVID recovered are demonstrating that individuals who are COVID recovered and have thus acquired antibody and T-cell immunity to SARS-CoV-2 are equally, if not better, protected from subsequent infection as compared to the vaccination to the vaccinated. Though I am cognizant this fact ought not to be abused as an argument for seeking natural infection as a pathway to immunity, it is the argument for not allowing coercion of COVID-recovered Americans into undergoing what is an unnecessary and potentially dangerous treatment to them. I am left wondering why the editorial board of a respected media outlet, outlet like the Wall Street Journal would allow itself to spread such a lie with no stringent verification. One, are you simply careless journalists now? Or two, are you now active participants in the US government's publicity machine attempting to impose a one-size-fits-all vaccine policy on all Americans, irrespective of medical necessity, the fundamentals of immunological science and medical ethics? And I think we know the answer to that, don't we? And then, interestingly, this week as well, this was 21st of June, from Epoch Times, a spike in death reports following COVID-19 vaccination caused by a mistake. This is from the CDC. A sudden jump in the post-COVID-19 vaccination death reports is not correct and was the result of an error, according to a US health agency. The CDC on Friday said a passive reporting system it runs with the FDA had received 12,313 reports of death among those who received a COVID-19 vaccine. That was a sharp increase from the previous number of reports, 6,079. The jump would have effectively doubled the percentage of post-vaccination death reports from 0.0018% to 0.0036%. But a CDC spokeswoman told the Epoch Times the number the agency has displayed on its website is not correct. It is double what it was yesterday, and so it definitely is incorrect, the spokeswoman said. 
We checked our stats internally and it's only 6,000. Only 6,000. So someone doing an update misrepresented that or made a mistake, in other words. We caught it this morning ourselves and noticed that it had doubled suddenly, she added. The spokeswoman was unable to say when the error would be fixed. It's being worked out, she said. Investigative journalist Alex Berenson first reported on the number in question, which stems from reports submitted to the VAERS system. The new figure means CDC has now received more reports of deaths following COVID vaccination than all other vaccines combined in the 30-year history of VAERS, he wrote on Twitter. We don't know at this point why the number of death reports in the system doubled in a week. Probably the answer is not a new surge in deaths, but older deaths being added to the system. But given VAERS' importance as a monitoring mechanism, CDC must explain quickly, he added. According to the CDC, VAERS received 6,079 reports of death as of July 12th. A review by the Epoch Times of the system on Wednesday afternoon showed 5,913 deaths. The system accepts reports from anybody but is relied upon by health officials for rapid adverse event detection. Health officials describe the system as a national early warning system to detect possible safety problems in US licensed vaccines and reports to it have helped officials learn about severe side effects like heart inflammation and blood clots among those who have gotten COVID-19 vaccines. As of Tuesday, over 186 million Americans had received at least one COVID-19 vaccine dose, according to the CDC. And there was a, a follow-up article that I don't have in front of me, basically saying that the CDC claimed that these additional deaths were foreign deaths, Americans who were out of the country. Um, I think they're just trying to downplay this. And given that 6,000 deaths is more than enough to justify a withdrawal of the vaccine, um, it's just all part of the same agenda. And talking about um, this continuing use of a very, very dangerous vaccine. I hesitate to say vaccine because we know it isn't. There's a federal lawsuit uh, which seeks immediate halt of COVID vaccines, cites whistleblower testimony claiming CDC is undercounting vaccine deaths. And this is from the Defender again, childrenshealthdefense.org. Americans frontline doctors filed a motion to stop the use of emergency use authorization COVID vaccines for anyone under 18 anyone with natural immunity or anyone who hasn't received informed consent, which I think is probably everybody. America's frontline doctors filed a motion July 19 seeking immediate injunctive relief in Alabama Federal District Court to stop the use of emergency use authorization COVID vaccines, Pfizer, BioNTech, Moderna and Johnson & Johnson for three groups of Americans. According to a press release, AFLDS is asking to immediately stop administration of experimental COVID vaccines in anyone 18 and younger, all those who have recovered from COVID and acquired natural immunity, and every other American who has not received informed consent as defined by federal law. The 67-page motion requests the judge issue a preliminary injunction pursuant to... Um, 
Article 360 BBB 3B1C for the following reasons. There is no emergency, which is a prerequisite to issuing EUA and EUA renewals for COVID vaccines. There is no serious or life-threatening disease or condition. Vaccines do not diagnose, treat or prevent SARS-CoV-2 or COVID. Known and potential risks of the vaccine outweigh their known and potential benefits. There are adequate, approved and available alternatives to vaccines. Healthcare professionals and vaccine candidates are not adequately informed. The authors of the motion attached a declaration by a whistleblower who came forward alleging deaths occurring within 72 hours of receiving a COVID vaccine are significantly underreported in the CDC Vaccine Adverse Events Reporting System maintained by the FDA. And I'm going to jump down to that. In her statement, she said on July 9th, 2021, there were 9,048 deaths reported in VAERS. I verified these numbers by collating all the data from VAERS myself, not relying on a third party to report them. In tandem, I queried data from CMS Medical Claims with regard to vaccines and patient deaths and have assessed that the deaths occurring within three days of vaccination are higher than those reported in VAERS by a factor of at least five. This would indicate the true number of vaccine-related deaths was at least 45,000. Put in perspective, the swine flu vaccine was taken off the market, which only resulted in 53 deaths. AFLDS said the findings were shocking and informed consent is impossible when safety data is not accurate. And the article does go on, but I want to just go to the last thing that I want to cover. And this was um, from Macola, and it was actually from July 16th. And it says, meet the World Economic Forum. And this is basically going into the key points of the Great Reset. And I'm just going to read the, the summary Story at a glance, the COVID pandemic is a ruse to usher in a new system of global centralised governance by unelected leaders, the so-called Great Reset. The founder and executive chairman of the World Economic Forum, Klaus Schwab, has emerged as a frontman of the Great Reset and the fourth industrial revolution, which has an unmistakable transhumanist component. The Great Reset is a rebranding of what in the last decade became known as the New World Order. The Fourth Industrial Revolution refers to the merging of digital, physical and biological systems and the reliance on technological surveillance rather than the rule of law to maintain public order. The Fourth Industrial Revolution will transform not only how we live and interact, but who we are as a human species. Man will ultimately be merged with machine. The COVID shots may well be the first step into this transhumanist mass transformation. Members and stakeholders of the WEF include world government leaders, corporate leaders, NGOs, journalists, activists, culture, cultural leaders and artists, all of whom collaborate to push the WEF's technocratic transhumanist missions forward. And I did cover last week about the um, graphene oxide, which is included in the vaccines, which are nanoparticles and enable the body to be controlled and even the mind to be controlled by certain frequencies. And it's believed that that could be uh, linked to 5G frequencies. So, <clears throat> but my view is they are not going to succeed. They are failing 
we have already won. Um, people are rising up across the world with massive protests about um, mask mandates, lockdowns, vaccination passports, you name it. And if you recall, Q said in a, a drop, um, it's at the precipice that people will start to rise up and join together against this. So we are getting to the people are getting to the precipice if they haven't already got to the edge. And they're now saying enough is enough. We're not going to put up with this anymore. This is tyranny and um, we're going to fight back. So I do believe, although some of what I've reported today can be interpreted negatively, I do believe that this is more optics, more exposure, and that shows who is really in control. So that's all I have time for this week. I hope you've enjoyed the show. It'll be interesting to see what comes along in the following weeks and uh, how much progress we make with the election fraud. I'd like to thank you for listening. And I hope you'll join me for another Cosmic Creating show next week. Uh, just as a reminder, you can find me at the successalchemist.net, thewebalchemist.net, and empoweredmanifestation.com. So thank you again. Thank you to Nancy for producing. Stay well, be safe, and bye for now. You have been listening to the Cosmic Creating Radio Show with Jan Shaw, a production of Cosmic Reality Radio. Live long and prosper.